All right, and welcome back to the podcast. We're having a slight format change now. Uh, Rob Manoff has been offered in trade. Uh, he's not currently in studio as we finalize the deal. Uh, but well, right now, uh, the show is going to be dubs on one uh, with special guest Vince Quinn. Yo, exactly. What's up, Vince? I've usurped your spot, Manoff. I'm not leaving. Yo, listen, 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 listen. I'm going to tell you this right now. Dubs on one is not a podcast name. Well, right. D Gun has gun on one. Exactly. I like dubs on That's one. We like dubs on one. I don't, I don't like it. I don't know. I threw Sounds rolling like, uh, on dubs out there. I threw that out there. Rolling Sounds on like dubs. One of those. Rolling on dubs <laughs> absolutely other, has other to be taken. <laughs> 100%. That's like an, it's a podcast dedicated to Pimp My Ride episodes. Yeah, there, there was five episodes of it in 2006 yeah. and then it stopped. But now it, it, you can take it back. I guess. Exhibits owns the trademark. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, but. I'm so confused. As always, our intro song is not Coldplay and we are Right the Radio. I'm Matt Maritea. I'm here with Bobby Dubs himself. We got Vince Quinn in studio, one of Last Out's big free agent acquisitions. Rob Manoff's on the phone and currently not on the trade block. <laughs> no, I, I forced my way on the trade block. <laughs> no problem about that. Force a trade. Yeah, there, there were rumors. Crichton came out and was like, no, I need to make a statement on this. You know, we got we to protect our guy. The rumors are not true. Yeah. So you call me the Ben Simmons of the team. Yeah, Ben that Simmons means, now. That means one of y'all. That means one of y'all. Tobias Harris. Nobody shooting down those rumors. Did <laughs> just call me Furk on Cork Miles. I'm staying out of it. I'll be in the back wearing yellow shoes. Exactly. <laughs> That's a good look. Yeah. Nobody's getting. Nobody's getting mad at Furk on. Exactly. I'm the Everybody's I'm the Mike Scott of the team. I just I just hang back. Everybody likes me. I got my own section at the game. Yeah. I don't cause any problems. <laughs> Every now and then, I like to troll the fans. I wear an opposite team jersey. <laughs> Mike, trouble. Mike Scott's like the only guy who's had like a legitimate fan club outside of like what, like the when the Phillies used to make fan clubs for players. Yeah. Like outside of the Wolf Pack, the Mike Scott Hive exactly. is probably the most aggressive fan club I've seen. Yeah, I did. Yeah, they, they faded a little bit. Well, they faded. Mike yeah. faded too, exactly. right? Yeah. Like that's part of it. At yeah. least before he was funny at the headband, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And now you look at it and you're like, oh, okay, well, well, he can't hit a shot. Yeah. Take yeah. away the headband, starts punching fans. Exactly. <laughs> Wearing the Washington jersey, you know, You're tossing out right hands and McRiddles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man, guys, I'm gonna make a motion for life, just in general, <laughs> that all charging ports should be like. There should be like a standard size for them. So like when I'm trying to charge different things, I don't have to find 16 different ones. Like what the fuck does this plug into? So you'd like to, you'd like to be traded to a Euro team is what you're saying. Because in in, in Europe, they have the universal ports. Dude, I fucking, never mind. Just go ahead. Let's talk. (laughs) (laughs) And if Madoff's connection dies, we know yeah, why. Exactly. That's, we know exactly what happened. No, yeah. Well, my phone should still work. It's my AirPods. My, my case just stopped charging. Um, and I think there's something wrong with it. But you can charge it wireless, apparently. But I don't have the plug for the wireless charger. I'm losing my mind. 
<laughs> I have a wireless charger, but no cord. I have six different cords. Like, what goes to it? I don't understand. <laughs> the white one. I'm boomering the, I'm the, boomering white one. the shit out of this podcast, ain't I? Yeah, you, you got those boomer vibes going on. For, for what it's worth, I'll give you this. So my problem with my phone right now, I've got a, a piece of shit. It's totally cracked. It's got cracks all over the place. The camera's cracked on the back. Uh, I I had a problem two days ago. Where also I, an Android. I, yeah, it is a droid. Bad problem. I, I can't yeah. plug problem in. One. I can't plug in headphones to my phone anymore. Like, I try to plug them in, and it just won't accept the headphone into the jack. <laughs> yeah, I've never you. seen that. I have no idea that that could be a thing. It just rejects anything Please. I try to plug in. Message pops up. We do not do that here. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my life. Uh, Technical issues everywhere, man. Off. I know, right? Like, I don't like to talk about money, but these are $250 headphones. Like, they're a year old. My goodness. Yeah. yeah you well, actually, so you to, honestly, to me, that kind of does seem like a splurge. Like, I didn't get my first cell phone, my first, like, smartphone until I was a couple years into college. And even then, really? I had an iPhone 4. I rode that for, like, six years. Okay, I did, until the home button would not press. Dude, you better uh, than me. Yeah. I was in college with a flip phone. Yeah. <laughs> roll of flip That's because you were, because you were, you were, you were in college in the early two thousands. That doesn't count. Yeah. Hey, Everybody had flip phones back then. <laughs> yeah, until I, I, only, I, only the cool people had camera phones. I, I got, I got one phone now, and it's like. Uh, Everything is still astounding. I'm still figuring out how to use it. It's like the XR. Oh, it's already six years old at this point, I feel like. But we do have a couple of topics today, and we, we, we can go whatever order you want. You're dressed appropriately for our more breaking news. Oh, yeah. But we got Phillies news, finally. We got Sixers panderings and ponderings, and then you know we can talk some season preview stuff. And then, of course, there's the Eagles. But let's start uh, with the breaking news, and that is the Phillies have a general manager? Exactly. Yeah. Apparently. I guess. Apparently, yeah. They have one of those now. <laughs> yeah, well, I, what, what is his name? Scott Fold? Fold? Sam Fold. Sam Fold? Sam Fold? Yeah. Sam Fold. Uh, At this point, the whole club should fold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our lovely and talented Ashley Woods has the story up on the website now. Yes. But he was in the Phillies organization, and now he's risen through the ranks. Somehow usurped Ned Rice <laughs> before he could do anything as interim GM. Exactly. It was a total coup. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a coup. So left. Which is what, what it should be. Yeah. As it should be. Well, yeah, I, I figure they're just pushing they're really him somewhere in the front guy. office, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's just going to be, I mean, the same way they push contact around. It's just going to be, all right, we're, well, we're paying this guy, so let's make sure we're still paying him and he's working for us. And then, you know, you let Fold come in and, and do whatever he can do. Who knows how much power he has in yeah. decisions or whatnot, but hey, it's it's not Ned Rice, I guess. Right. But it's an interesting Dombersky move because he was, he at one point was considering Fold for the managerial spot in Boston. Mere months ago, right before you know they decided to rehire Alex Cora, and then all of a sudden, Dumbersky jumped over to the Phillies. So now, in a sense, he has one of his guys yeah, here as as the general manager. I don't know why he assumes he'd be a better GM than he would have been a manager, but th this is where we are now with a team doing things that seem entirely nonsensical. But at least it's not Clintac. 
Yeah, at least it's not that. At least it's not a ruin tomorrow or whatever his name is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it it is such a weird thing because to be considered for a manager's job mm-hmm. and a general manager's job, they're two very different things. Right? In the, like, oh yeah, in the span of three months too. Yeah, all all the same time. So it, it's either he's a baseball savant. And, and he's just a guy that understands everything about baseball, and all you need to do is mold him into one role or the other, or they're just kind of jamming this guy into the spot because they like him, and they think, okay, we can control him, and we can groom him, even though he's actually a manager, and they're trying to make him a general manager. Are you trying to tell me he's the Taysom Hill of baseball? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. He's that, a gadget guy? You just put him places? <laughs> Sorry, man. I know that's your boy. <laughs> And I'm, I'm a small Taysom Hill. He's a Hill plug and play manager. Listen, this is probably like the number three or four biggest Taysom Hill podcast there is. I'm sure there's a couple down in you know Baton Rouge or something that really Taysom Hill centric. But I mean, can Taysom we deny Hill what podcast. he's done? This yeah. Is you. Hey, there's look, he Taysom didn't Hill lose any games. You. Yeah. Look, he didn't lose any games when he was in. Sorry, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what he, he went out and he scored their opening touchdown uh, against the Chiefs. Exactly. I'm just, I, I think Drew's done, and I think it's Taysom Hill's job to lose going into next year. I think Jameis Winston is somehow. I don't. Jameis is hilarious because he's the backup quarterback when Drew is playing, and then when he's w. not playing, he's eating W's again <laughs> as the backup. That's the new podcast name. Eat a dub. <laughs> Oh, dude. Could you imagine if the Eagles had, like, a full-time backup? Because just people need to be pissed that he never actually plays. Like, if, if Jalen Hurts was just the backup, and they went straight from Carson Wentz to... Uh, Sudfeld? Sudfeld. Cody Parkey. Or, yeah, Sudfeld or whatever. Like, people would go nuts. Like... Uh, uh, well, since, since we sort of stumbled our way into football, we have saw the Eagles last week put up a, a heck of a fight against the Arizona Cardinals and what sort of developed into a second-half shootout. Our own Bobby Dubs had the post-game report. What would you see out there, Dubs? Uh, I mean, what I saw was exciting from Jalen Hurts. We got to keep it 100. The boy could play. He could play. He could move. He covers for the ineptitude of Doug Peterson. We all know how I feel about Dougie P. But he covers for for what he can do athletically. If there is pressure, he's moving. He's not staying still like Carson was staying still, holding the ball too long, taking the sacks, making the mistake, making the bad throw, throwing the interception. Did take six sacks. He did take six sacks this weekend. And to no fault of his own, that line still stinks. But when he could go, he went. And he did the same thing against New Orleans. When he could go, he went. And then there were also design runs. And then we can always talk about how somehow Doug seems to scheme better for backups than he does for the guy that's the starter. But that's another discussion. But, you know, he has the design runs. He can run. He can get out of the pocket. He can get the ball out of his hands. And he's just prone to make plays. And I like what I saw out of the kid. You got a future there if you want to lean on him. If that wants to be your guy, I'm fully for it. I saw enough after the two games to tell he has the moxie. He has the spirit. And I know those are all, like, intangibles. You can't put – you can't really touch him. But he also can throw the football. He can move. He can move in the pocket. He can move out of the pocket. He can get out. He can use his legs as well as – 
his arm, and just just the one stat. I mean, it's cherry-picking, and I don't like when people do that, but the fact that he had over 400 yards of total offense, and he has done that in one game, and Carson Wentz hasn't done that in four seasons, no matter how well he's played, it means something. It means something about his versatility. So I'm for the, the Jalen Hurts train moving forward. Sorry, Carson. Maybe we can get you – on the next thing smoking out here, maybe we'll get you back with Frank Reich. I don't know. <laughs> he seems to be your guy. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, the Carson Wentz days are over in the city of Brotherhood. Here's, here's my thing about Hurts, though, right? Because, now, and this is not against him, but, like, what happens when he blows out his knee eventually? Do we go back to Jeez. square one where they're not letting the guy run around and stuff and he loses some of it? Like, I'm not, like, do they go away from what they did with Carson, you know, to try to protect him? That sounds like an indictment like, of Dougie P. Yeah, I mean it's, it's it's like it's like we nab all over again. Remember? Yeah, I, and I was thinking the same thing. You took the thought right now, out of my head. Hopefully, you know, I'm not saying he's going to get hurt. So let's let's God forbid he doesn't get hurt. But I'm just saying it's football, right? Like when when you talk about football, like your injuries are going to happen because that the game humans shouldn't play it, honestly. So, I mean, I guess we can ride it for now. Well, yeah, you, you don't want to get too caught up yeah. in whether or not he's going to blow out his knee at some point. Like, I, I get the concern but, with that, right? I, I get it, but I'm, I'm not going to look at that. Yeah, I mean, the guy just played his second game, you know? I, I want to give him some time no, first. No, But what I'm saying is, like, what I saw, okay, so this is what I saw. I saw an offense that sucked, and I saw a guy run his way out of it most of the time. Yeah, that's um, what I was saying. And actually, and when, when he wasn't running his way out, out of it, he actually found open receivers, which is something Carson hasn't done. Yeah, so, like, I'm Jeffrey. not complaining, but at one point, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking, overthinking too much. Well, I, I'll, I say, saying, like, I'll say this, because I think you got a point, like, uh, the Lamar Jackson problem is he's the most dynamic runner you've ever seen in your life. He's not the greatest passer. Like, he's okay. Yeah. He's not great. When they get down in a hole, you can't expect Lamar to make the throws that are going to win you the game. So so that's a tough spot to be. Like, it does Jalen Hurts, it, basically, he's you want to see him grow as a passer. Right, like he's yes. got to be a good enough passer that he can sit in the pocket and and not have to run and win you games that way. Yes. So right. I don't know. Like, are we just going to continue to let this guy let him go out and run around? I, I don't know. I, I've I'm got really like the Eagles, so I'm going to let it go. I've got like three things here. One, uh, when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens, I just want to say. Trace McSorley is the next Taysom Hill. I'm going to call it now. I'm going to get in early on it. Wait, another three or four years, we're all going to be talking about Trace McSorley. Number two, how crazy is it when we have like a radio professional here? How he just sort of booms into the room whenever he talks. Exactly. Having VQ here is an honor right now. It's crazy. yeah. Yeah. And number three, I'd like to offer an impassioned defense of Carson Wentz, if I may. Oh, go ahead. I'm not saying it's going to work, but go ahead. <laughs> now, uh, I'm willing to admit that Carson obviously had a very difficult year. It, things did not go the way we would have Stuck. anticipated. <laughs> no, he he had some issues. Hey. He he had noticeable issues. But I was thinking about this the other day. I look back at the San Francisco game, right? When the Eagles were spreading the ball around, they were using Carson's legs in the read option, he looked good. He was running well. I mean, he led the team in rushing yards that day, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. What what happened? 
in the matter of weeks. He has to be hurt. There has to be something going on that we don't know. Somebody like him with that ability just all of a sudden doesn't lose their mobility, doesn't have it that week and then have it go away. That and everything I've seen Jalen Hurts do, it's looked good. He looks fluid. Uh, You know, he does things quickly. The schemes are there for him. I haven't seen Jalen Hurts do one thing better than I think Carson Wentz can do it or more impressively than Carson can. I've liked what Jalen's done. I have been impressed with his red zone ability, and obviously he's faster than Carson. But I don't think I've seen anything that Jalen Hurts has done that says, you know, 100%, that's better than Carson's ever done it. That's better than Carson will ever do it. I don't understand the anointment. Okay, I'm not. Oh, well, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Rob. Might be, I think Carson might be thinking too much. So, whereas Hurts, you know, says, F it, I'm out, and starts running around, Carson's not doing that. It's not, like, to me, it's not necessarily a skill thing or anything like that. I think ultimately, like, uh, Hurts is just making quicker decisions. Yeah, and, and and not worried about getting out of pocket, not worried about being injured, not worried about because like Carson's taking a beating, um, and I don't care. Like I'm not going to play that soft game that everybody thinks they've been playing, but um, like at some point, like that's going to get to you, and I think that's your advantage. Hurts there over Carson. Yeah, he, he's playing loose, and, and that's the mm-hmm. thing. Wentz is definitely thinking a lot, and it's also, you know, and, and I, I, I totally agree with your point of this that like Wentz, when he's played his best football, is his ceiling is higher than what you get with Jalen Hurts. That's why Wentz was the number two pick. That's why Hurts was a second rounder. It's a big difference. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you on all that stuff, but yeah, it's just he he is a mess. Like he can't he can't complete passes this year. I mean, when when Hurts came into that Saints game. And he was completing third down passes for a first. I'm like, oh my god! Like this is something I haven't seen before. I mean, it just feels like it's been so long for for Wentz. I don't know why he won't let himself get out of the pocket, even if Doug's not calling that stuff. When a play breaks down, to like get out and make stuff happen, because that's all he did at the end of last year. Yeah. But that's the frustrating thing with it. For for the last, really, for the last three years, there's been fits and starts where he looks really good and stretches where he looks awful. Like remember 2018, there was that Dallas game where for three quarters yeah. he was just like the worst thing you've ever oh, seen. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I had the honest conversation with myself at that point of like maybe they should bench Carson Wentz. That's 2018, you know. So he's had problems like this. He's earned these kinds of conversations for a while. So the only thing I would say to the injury stuff is like if he's injured. They should have put that out because yeah. that makes him look better and it makes the franchise look a little bit better. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why they would and keep then, that quiet. And then we're not going through this Carson got benched thing, right? Yeah. Carson's yeah. injured. That's yeah. it. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a little the easier explanation. And to piggyback off what Matt was saying, and I think it's, it's plainly obvious now about those also around Jalen picking up their game and playing better. I haven't seen Alshon Jeffrey yeah. in weeks. They're, now all, they're all healthier. Yeah, Alshon Jeffrey of 2017. Yeah. Alshon Jeffrey diving for a ball yeah, in 2020. Are you kidding? There was a play with Carson where he refused to lift his arms to try to catch the ball. 
The next thing we know, he's diving for catches for Jalen or whatever. And I don't want to make the accusation that, oh, some of these players just don't like Carson Wentz and they refuse to play. They're professionals. They're played to play at the best of their abilities. So you're not going to tank it because you don't like the guy throwing you the ball. These are grown men who don't do that. So we can we can stop that. But there's clearly an energy that has gone into the team. They're like, okay, we got this guy. He's running around. He's acting crazy. Let me put my best foot forward. And there's something to say about that. Because I think everybody around the quarterback at this point has lifted their game up. We got a, a touchdown and a catch from Quez Watkins. <laughs> Did he even dress exactly. before this game? Exactly. Fulgham was back to catching passes. We haven't seen yeah. Travis Fulgham since Thanksgiving. We don't I, we saw the first successful bubble screens exactly. of this whole season. That had that had to account for what seventy five to one hundred exactly. hertz is yards of oh, this season. They haven't ran a screen. They haven't ran those kind of screens that well since in like three years. Like it's been bad. I I, I remember watching it. There was a screen, not the one with the touchdown, but the one with uh, remember what, it was a good gain or something. The entire offensive line got in front of the guy. Mm-hmm. Wasn't downfield. It looked like they were rushing. The guy caught it the wide receiver screen or something. They got some yards out of it. Like, usually it just gets blown up. <laughs> so something's going on, you know. Yeah. And, I, dude, it, it might be, you know, you get a new quarterback, you get that new life. Things start happening. They actually have a chance to make the playoffs where a couple weeks ago it really looked slim. You know what I mean? So it kind of gives you that energy back maybe. I don't know. But there's, there's something. Something's coming back together. Yeah, <laughs> and this is kind of a concept that I've been uh, I've been trying to work on, sort of a column about, and that's Doug Peterson's successful uncoupling from Carson Wentz, right? Because you see so many scenarios in the NFL where a quarterback and a coach are going to be tied together, and it's either going to be one or the other, or they're both out of there. Exactly. Doug Peterson's about to do what is nearly impossible and make him and extricate himself from Carson Wentz's future and say, like, listen. Look at what I can do yeah. with it, everybody else. It's like it's like Seinfeld. It's like the roommate switch. That's like, exactly yeah. what I'm doing. But yeah, it's the hardest move in the game to pull off. Nobody mm-hmm. can pull off the roommate switch, but he's trying to actively do it. Like, I'm good. It's this kid that can't play. It ain't me. You should look. I think he's I believe it's like 13 and 2 with anybody who's quarterback that is not named Carson Wentz. That is something to behold. Like he wins games when he can just institute whatever his mind has going and his game plan on whoever's willing to just do exactly what I say when I say it and how I tell him to do it. And it's it's just strange. So like he's trying to like you said, he's trying to he's trying to pull something off that we've never seen. Usually it's a couple. When they both go, it's going. You get rid of one or whatever. Like we, we had that for a small period in Philly with Andy Reid. They decided it was Donovan and not Andy, and Donovan left and Andy stayed. But Doug is trying to repeat those same steps where maybe it's it's not m- me, it's the kid and l- I can prove it to you by making this kid Jalen Hurts a star. Mm -hmm. And and it's different in the way that Chip was like, listen, it's just me. It's the chip, (laughs) right? (laughs) It's the system. I can do whatever with whomever. Sammy Sleeves, why not? (laughs) Yeah. Watch this. Like, this is Doug uh, somehow finding a way to win with – and. Nick Foles and Jalen Hurts are about as different quarterback-wise as you can possibly get. Night and day. Yet, 
they seem to be running a, a very similar system that we don't see when Carson Wentz is playing. Whether it's because Carson has different tendencies when those plays are called and he's looking at different routes, or if it's there's just a different section of the playbook. I, I hope like like Press Taylor one day writes a book about this season or some of the offensive yeah. assistant, some offensive towel boy, water boy intern. Because I want to know what's yeah. actually going I, on. I, I there. Really, because there there was this whole story about like Doug's like I'm calling the same plays. I haven't changed anything. I get the play into him, and this kid is at the line literally. And we hear it every week: kill, 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 kill. He won't run the play that is called. Either he doesn't like the play, either he doesn't think it suits his abilities, or what have you. But apparently, the rest of these guys are like, "All right, that's the play that got called into my headset. That's the play I'm going to run." Well, I think we were seeing some of it from Jalen. We he does that kind of like Superman yeah. Cam Newton thing at the yeah. line that looked like audibles to me. So it looks like he's also audibling out of these plays, but it's working. <laughs> right? Jalen Hurts has been given some type of little magic wand. Like, how many guys do you see fumble, have it bounce right back to them, and then find yeah. an open tight end? Exactly. That was a play, yeah. man. Yeah. That was exactly. a big-time that... play. That's one of those things you look at and you go, okay, this kid's going to stick around. Yeah. In some capacity, he's going to stick. That was big time. Yeah, that's, that's heads-up awareness right there, it's just uh, we talk how many times about Carson's fumbles and, and the turnovers. Hertz has put the ball on the ground four. Uh, no, Hertz, sorry, Hertz has put the ball on the ground four times in the last two games. Hasn't come back to bite him at all. Except in that Saints game, a little bit, but they were already so far ahead, it really didn't matter. But you put the ball down three times. Three times it comes back to you. That's just. There's something about this year for him, and it's incredible. Just I don't think we've seen such an undoing in such a short span of time. No, we haven't. I mean, and this is different from like Mariota last year in Tennessee, where he lost the job to Tannehill. Because, well, Mariota was on his last legs anyway. We had high expectations for Carson, and now we're in this weird Hertzian world. Exactly. I don't know what it is. I think they call it serendipity when yeah. things just happen in your in your way and it just goes your way. He's got it right now. He's got to ride with it. Yeah, no, it's going his way for now. Everything with the franchise is, I don't know what the opposite of serendipity is, like absolute <laughs> hellscape. Yeah. Um, hellscape. There's, there's no easy anything with the Eagles right now. I mean, if Hurts plays really well, okay, now stuff gets really messy. Do you get rid of Doug Peterson? Do you not? Like, how well does Hurts have to play to keep Doug Peterson's job? I don't know. Is there anything that Hurts can do to keep Peterson's job? Is there anything? Is there any scenario where if he bombs these next two weeks, could we see Wentz stick around and, and be the starter next year? Like, it's, oh, well, the rookie was hot for a game or two, and then he lost these easy games in the division. Like, yeah. exactly. nothing feels like, simple right now. Like, what's the cliche? Oh, they, they finally got some tape on him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Sick of hearing that one. I just it, it, it's like th- this franchise is like George Costanza's Yan- George Costanza's Yankees right exactly. now. This is... You've reduced our beloved Eagles to a laughing stock. Yeah. <laughs> like what? What's gonna happen? What if Howie gets fired and then all of a sudden we can't trade Carson because Howie was really that much of a cap genius? Exactly. And now we can't get out of the contract. Already over like sixty million, and you owe this guy another thirty-four. Yeah. The new guy comes in. He's looking at Howie's books. My God. This man was a genius. I can't even. He's doing algebra I've never heard of. 
Exactly. Well, yeah, and and now too, you got John Dorsey in the equation. Yeah. yeah. So one, it's amazing they kept that under wraps for as long as they did. Like if yeah. he's been with the team for months, that's fucking crazy that nobody knew <laughs> yeah. about that for months. That, that John was John Dorsey's been classified. Yeah, like that's that's unbelievable by them. Good work by the Eagles for keeping that quiet, but. But now that he's in the building, it's also going to be like, okay, how does Dor- like how much say does Dorsey have? Uh, what how does he feel about Jalen Hurts and his long term potential? Does he still believe in Wentz? Does he want a different coach in for this, or does he not? Like it, that, it makes everything so much more yeah. complicated. Like, is this another Joe Douglas type exactly. scenario? But then we see Joe Douglas go to the Jets, and the Jets are. I mean, they're a dumpster fire franchise right now. They can't even lose. They're getting rid of their best players, and now they're winning. They're upsetting the Rams. (laughs) Fourteen and a half point dogs. They were seventeen at one point. That was insanity. Unbelievable. Trevor Lawrence on the Jags is something I need in my life, though. I think that'd be great. But we're on the eve of a Sixers season. So I don't want to get too bog, much more bogged down in Jalen Hurts, Wentz, and you know the hellscape that is the Eagles front office. But we we have some weird issues brewing with the Sixers, and it's, it still feels like Ben might get traded. Yeah. Like we can't just go into a season comfortably ever for exactly. anything. He's not, getting, he's not getting traded. He's probably not, but it's there's, there's okay. a sense of foreboding. Is there not, Rob Manoff? I don't know that that word means. <laughs> Does it feel like there's a dark cloud hanging over them right now? No, I, I don't think so. Um, I think I think if you dive into, um, I think if you dive into the like the rumors and stuff, um, yeah. But if, if you think about it logically, like I don't think so. I think. Maury coming out and making that statement is something that is very rare. You guys hear that bangs? By the way, if you guys hear if you guys hear bangs, it's my kids. Oh. I'm in my basement. So, uh, but um, yeah, I just I, I'd be more concerned if I was Tobias, honestly. Like, but then again, like I'm one of the people that never thought um they were going to trade Ben for Harden, and I never thought that Harden would get that kind of return for Houston. Okay, in terms uh, just, of like oh, on a scale of I should open a business to I should have a bag packed. How it, concerned should Tobias Harris be? Um, well he's making 37 million dollars so who cares, right? Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there is that. Um, his real estate no, agent I, probably honestly, cares. Yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, like I don't I don't know. Like if you were Maury, right? Um, what would you do? That's kind of what I think, right? So I'm telling you right now, if I was Maury, I wouldn't trade Ben and Joel. They would be completely off the table. Um, Harris would be on the table. I wouldn't trade if if I'm the GM and I'm get bringing Harden in. I think Harris needs to go. You can't have seventy six million dollars in contract tied up for two guys that I I don't necessarily feel can play together. Right. Like Tobias Harris is a rhythm guy. You need to get him going. You need to get him in picking roles and stuff like that. And if you're just going to do, you know, high screen roles with Joel and Harden, having Ben cut and stuff like that, like it's a different kind of basketball. And we've seen what happens with that. Right. We've seen in the, the Toronto Raptors series when they took mm-hmm. the ball out of Ben's hand and they went to the, the pick and roll with Joel and, and uh, Jimmy, you see Tobias struggle. Right. 
you see in the 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 Celtics series, all right, no Ben Simmons, dump into Joel, dump into Joel, dump into Joel. Every once in a while, it's why it gets a shot, and he struggles. So, like, not everybody can just stand around sitting there, and then when they finally get a chance to shoot, get, make it. You know, some guys need to be, you know, within the offense. The ball needs to move. Um. So if I'm Tobias, I'd probably you know be looking at real estate in Houston. But ultimately, again, <laughs> when you're Maury, when you're when you're Daryl, like I don't think Harden has as much as Daryl loves Harden, right? And you know, don't get me wrong; these are all like just me thinking. Like if I was Maury, like he he kind of made Daryl's life a pain in the butt in Houston, right? Like Daryl goes out and gets CP3. Daryl goes out and get Dwight. Harden and Dwight don't work out. So they trade Dwight or they get rid of Dwight or whatever they did. Then he goes out and gets CP3. They make it to the Western Conference Finals, almost make it to the titles. And then Harden and CP3 don't work out. So Harden goes to the owner with the owner and forces Daryl to make this disastrous trade for Russell Westbrook. So Daryl Murray looks like shit now, right? Mm. Like I fell for it. Like when Daryl was coming here, I'm like, dude, that guy made that trade for Westbrook. Do you want him here? You know? And, uh, like at some point, if you're Maury, like when do you go? This isn't worth it. You know what I mean? And like, I don't know. Is it worth it? Is uh, you know, like people say. So that, here's another thing with my James Harden take, and I've gotten crushed for it. He's not a top five player. Everybody needs to stop. Saying oh, here we go. We're, we're back to this again. Here we go. Okay. No, like, I'm curious. Not, okay. The chat comes to the I, radio. I need to name LeBron. LeBron. AD, Giannis, um, Seth, KD. They're your top five right there, right? No so Kawhi? No Luka? Huh? Kawhi, Luka? Yeah, like, I would at least throw so, Luka in there and Durant right, clearly so still so can your, play. Right, Durant fine. hasn't been on said, a court in 17 years. But I saw in that preseason game letting me know that he can still go. <laughs> he's better than Harden. Listen, but like you just said, you just guys just named two guys I didn't name off the top of my head as top five players. So, two guys that are already better than Harden. So now you're at seven or eight, right? Like it, 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 he was a top five player. Don't get me wrong; he was an MVP voting. He he is a player that can score at will. Um, a high volume three point shooter, but like about league average, you know. But he's high volume, and he can get to the line. But this this idea where the argument is he's a top five player in the NBA is it, just wrong, in my opinion, because. You're, one, you're not trading for past accomplishments. Everyone, like that needs to stop. I don't care. You're mm-hmm. trading for the player, who they are, and who they're going to be for the next three years. And, and he still can score at will, but it, it should be blatantly clear that you just can't build an offense with him as your centerpiece and expect, you know, to to win. That's not how the NBA works. So his trade, I forget where I was going with this, but his trade value to me just isn't there like people thought it was. And, and I, I mean, I wrote, I think in the beginning of November, like they can get them without trading Ben and Joel. And at the time it seemed crazy. But now if you look at it, dude, Denver's rumored to not put Jamal Murray on the, on the thing. Miami backed out cause they didn't want to give Tyler hero rumored. Like there are things, but no, but it makes sense though. Like people think it's crazy, right? It does, but what? just just hearing the name Tyler Harrow yeah, exactly. for James Harden, and somebody's like, "No, no, I can't do it." it. Just, well, that, a, the thing is, the yeah. thing is, it's not hero for Harden, right? Yeah, it's hero, probably Robinson, probably picks involved. Like Harden, 
teams are, in my opinion, teams are going to be scared to trade for Harden, you know, and give up massive amounts of assets. Because at the end of the day, Harden's been great, but he's going into his 30s. He's making 40-something million dollars a year. And he's still, and, and there's still this idea that he's out before games. He's out the day before games. He's, he's out late, you know. At some point, like, it all catches up to you. So how much, like, how much can you invest in a 34-year-old Harden who's going to be at the strip club the night before a game hey, hey, and hey, still hey. think he can get 50 points? I have doubles. no like, qualms with his, his after-hours activity. And this is why <laughs> he should go to <laughs> Milwaukee. <laughs> right? Harden in Miami, that makes no sense. That man is going to be partying with Pitbull until 7 a.m. Atlanta, right? he need to go to Magic City. <laughs> I don't know. How's Charlotte? <laughs> Charlotte Could he get, get a trouble in Charlotte? No, I don't think he Probably get in trouble not. in Charlotte. No. Utah's out of the question. He'd never accept that. <laughs> but actually, circling back to something you said about Tobias, that it sort of got me thinking, right? Now, Tobias is such, such a rhythm player, has to be involved. So let's just project out the starting lineup as Joel, Ben, uh, Danny Green, Seth, and Tobias. Is Tobias going to get the ball enough to be yeah. able to get in rhythm with yeah. two additional shooters now? Yes. When you, um, it, it doesn't matter about shooters, right? All about all it matters about ball movement. So I'm, I'm not saying Tobias needs a certain amount of shots, right? Tobias is, in my opinion, he he's the type of player that needs to be involved in the offense. Like he's not just a stand there and catch and shoot guy. So we, uh, Doc Rivers talked about yesterday. They one at some point in time he talked about hockey assist, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's something that hasn't been brought up in a while in Philly. And hockey assist just means that it's the the pass before the pass that gets to the assist, right? So that means yep. you're going down the court, and if you have a hockey assist every time, um, you're making two or three passes, you know. So and then Joel was Joel was on Zoom today. And he was talking about, you know, finding the open shooter once he gets on the in the paint, moving the ball. When you talk about pace, you're talking about pace. You hear Doc Rivers talk about getting out and running. But that doesn't just mean up and down the court. It means how fast the ball is moving, getting quick shots, getting quick, easy shots, you, you know. So I, I think as long as a guy like Tobias is involved in the offense and he, the ball is moving, he's moving – and you're running this motion offense that basically they're saying they're doing with some pick and rolls in it. Um, I think he's fine. Makes a lot of sense because, yeah. like, you get Embiid down on the block, and if he's commanding that double or even a triple, and he's kicking out to those shooters, you know, at, at some point, you might have defenders that are good enough to go out there and panic that shooter into taking a shot. Then you immediately swing from that shooter to yeah. maybe a Tobias, who then goes straight to the cup or takes that medium range jump shot. Or even if it is Tobias, if Tobias catches that in the corner from Joel, I mean, just to me, and this is how I used to play. This is kind of why I'm, I think this. Just touching the ball on offense and staying involved makes players better. And I think there's certain players who, when you start to take them out of the offense, whether it's just passing the ball, moving the ball, whatever, going through emotion, then you you don't um, they don't respond as well. Because ultimately, like, you want to be involved as a player. So I don't know if Harden comes here and Tobias is still here and Harden changes. I, like, I, I don't think Harden's not 
Like, I think he has the skill set and the ability to play off ball. I think he has the skill set and the ability to, like, I don't, I don't look at most basketball players can pretty much do whatever you want when you ask them outside of like certain things, like Harden dribbles a lot. But if you asked him to run a motion offense, like he's done it in his past at some point in time, high school, college, OKC uh, with Chris Paul, there, there's times where he's ran like a motion offense. Um, my concern with Tobias and Harden and Harden coming here is how do you convince Harden who everyone says is a top five player, perennial MVP candidate to change the way he plays. Like I'm not changing. Like this shit works. Look at me. Like I'm, I'm dropping 40 a night. You know what I mean? Mm. And he started like at his old age. So without Harden, I I'm very, without Harden, I'm very comfortable with Tobias this season. Um, With Harden. So like, if you got rid of Ben for Harden, like, you know, I think it's you're not worse, but you're not that much better. Like you're going to be able to score, but ultimately, I think there's going to be guys around you that suffer because of that. Mm-hmm. Now, so, yeah. now, here's the thing that I, I was bothering me about Harden, right? Because like he had the incident today where he threw the ball at a rookie yeah. on the team. So you guys saw that. Like, yeah. he, he's he's just a complete mess. Nobody knows if he's skinny or fat. Like, I, I don't know what's going on with James Harden. So he, he's shape shifting and all this different stuff. Like, no, if he was Jordan, we would applaud that. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. He'd be a true champion. Uh, Clearly, he's got grit. Yeah. <laughs> so, and he ordered extra grits. Um, but <laughs> you, you look at it, and it's like, okay, for James Harden, as much as they've bent everything to him in Houston, it's all about him. I mean, he got rid of Chris Paul. He got rid of the president of the Players Association. You know what I mean? Like, he did that. So when you're getting this guy who's traded all these different superstars, they're changing the schedule so he can go to strip clubs in different cities and whatnot. Like, is he going to be okay with the idea that even if you trade Simmons or it's a Harris package, whatever it is, this is Embiid's team. You know what I mean? Like, Embiid is the biggest star on this team. The fan base loves him. It's built around him. So, is Harden going to be okay not getting that preferential treatment anymore, not being the top dog, in addition to whatever offensive changes he has to make? Hey, it's hard playing Robin when you've been playing Batman all your life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he only, he only really plays Robin on the court, right? Um, at the end of the day, he's still... But you know what I'm saying, like, off the court, like... Look at uh, L.A. last year. You had Kawhi and Paul George. They both got special treatment. Um, just because you're not the best player on the team doesn't mean superstars aren't getting special treatment. So, well, well he'll get it, but do they like change the schedule for him? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey, is he going to have to go to Delilah? You got to let Jesus go. Listen, listen. Yes, they do. Because when <laughs> listen, you give up flying the, into AC. <laughs> the, the thing is, when, if you give up the amount of assets to get them, and like I've never argued you had to give up no assets. I just never I just argued you didn't have to give up Ben and Joel. If you're giving up three picks and Tobias Harris and Matisse or Shake or somewhere along those lines, you're gonna keep hard and happy because you're invested in him. So no matter like if he comes in and says this is what he's gonna do, or he's gonna, you know, you know, throw throw a ball at a rookie, like, what do you do? Like and that's the thing with the league. Like the, it's a it's a you know the players league. So if you're giving out Harris, who regardless of what Twitter thinks is, is a above average basketball player. Um, and a, and a plus he, he actually had the only plus net rating on the team last year. Um, but 
if you're giving that up plus picks at a young guy, you're going to keep Harden happy. But well, if he throws the ball at Maxi, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like for the for the front office and the coaching staff, that's different than the players in the locker room. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Those are two different yeah. environments. Then you don't trade for them, and that's yeah. and that's part of it. That's yeah, that's, that's part of what I consider. That's part of what I worry about. I, like, I think I think that's what it all comes down to. The uh, trading for James Harden for one or two years is a bad idea. Yeah, especially if you don't win a championship, which it, exactly, yeah. So I'll say this about throwing, like, I said it online today. Like, I don't, throwing a football or throwing a basketball at a rookie, like, dude, I've been in enough teams and enough locker rooms on enough courts to, to realize, like, that shit happens. All right. Um, the one thing about it, though, is Harden is notoriously laid back, you know, but he has gotten in fights with Chris Ball late. And that happens. Like, when I was in high school, we were doing an open run in the summer, right? And my buddy, um, I've written, he, I've interviewed him before. Like he, he plays overseas, right? He's 6'6", 250. His younger brother who played overseas too is big like that. And they got into a fight one day in a practice, basically. You know, does that mean he's a bad teammate, or does that mean they let their emotions get to you? That means something um, happened at home, <laughs> and they didn't let go. Exactly. <laughs> no, that no, means on no, the drive there they were arguing. It was on the site. No, yeah. it's just it's just that competitive the competitive fever, right? Like we applaud football players when they do this, right? Football players are getting a little scuffle at training camp. We're like, oh, yeah, these guys are ready to go. Yeah. But when basketball players do it, it's different. Well, but I would you argue know? that we don't do it if there is an inequity of either talent or, you know, standing with the team, right? If Fletcher Cox decided to take a swing at a rookie ride receiver, like, no, we wouldn't be okay with that. One, okay. Fletch would kill him. Two, it was just. Yeah. Right, it's an absolute mismatch because See, that kid I would, I could would. get cut, and Fletch is going to be fine. But I mean, like you're assuming that the the rookie in Houston didn't talk back to Harden. Like, dude, when you're on the court, like I've talked back to like you know division one players on the court. Like I've talked shit to them. I suck. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like these guys aren't on. You're on a basketball court. Like you're on a basketball. You're a basketball player. Like. When you get in the heat of things, you aren't you guys don't look at Harden and say, you know, if Harden's coming after him hard and you guys are playing physical, like he's probably gonna talk shit back, right? But at um, thirty one years old, should James Harden be chucking basketballs at rookies? Well, and especially when as he's the not team showing leader. up. Yeah. He's not showing up. He's he's partying in exactly. Vegas and all that. Like mm -hmm. he that's the that's the thing with me. Like the basketball throwing the basketball at the guy is ultimately not a big deal. Yeah. But when you pile it up with all the other things and yes. how you have to sell that, and that's that's why like if anything I don't want them making this deal now. If the, if when we get to the trade deadline, we'll see where it's at. But like Daryl Morey, Doc Rivers, all these guys, you, for a general manager to make a trade of that magnitude and knowing what James Harden brings to the table firsthand, you got to know what this locker room is like and and how this team plays together and if it actually does make sense. He doesn't really know. He's just meeting these guys, you know. So like, let yeah. this play out and then make that decision. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to though. Yeah. Um, well, then go out. I, I would like, do it. I had this. Yeah, I I have this feeling that Houston's done, um, and they're going to take what they can get. Yeah, soon. Um, and then, but one thing I'll say, like, I don't know if it'll happen before the season, but rookies, guys who were drafted to rookies, can be traded January first. So, if they want a rookie in a package deal. You know, they might hang around till January first, but 
I don't know. If you're Houston, how much do you want to keep doing this? If you're, they have a brand new coach. He got his first head coaching job. Like, how long do you want to drag this out? So that's what that's what Maury Brand and the front office are going to have to figure out is if we're going to do this, when should we pull the trigger that it's not too late and that we're not overpaying? Um, luckily, you know, you you feel like Maury should you know, give you faith that he's going to finish that. Right. Mm. Like Maury should give you faith that he's going to make the right decision. And that's, that's the big thing. If they don't get a deal done, it turns out he goes to Brooklyn or something. I'm not going to freak out about it because Maury's the guy that's running this. If it's Elton brand, you go like, okay, what's going on here? (laughs) You know, you kill Elton brand, but I'll trust Maury on this. Exactly. They're also in a much different position to me. Like, and that's been one of my things from the whole beginning was they don't need to panic and make a move. Um, because you have guys like Shake, Maxi, you're, you know, you got rid of Horford. You have Seth Curry under under control for three years. Like, you you've he's managed to put himself in a position to have assets in order to make moves down the line. So, like I've asked it the other day, if you can't get Harden right now, you know, would you settle for Zach Levine at the deadline? Say, right? I'm not saying it's possible, but he brings you that scoring element at the de- you know that. The Bulls mm-hmm. may move on from him. We don't know. You know, like nobody really knows. There's just rumors out there. So, do you need hard? Like, I don't think the Sixers need Harden to win. Um, I think I don't think you don't trade for Harden just because of that. But ultimately, I think if Ben and Joel take a leap, if Doc gets them in a system where they can score and they start running and all, you can you can tweak and you don't really need that. You don't need another top ten player. You know, like you can, you know, they, they might be fine the way they are. And they, they have years, like their core is locked down. So Embiid's here for four more. Ben's here for five. Tobias is here for four. Maxie's on a rookie deal. Shake's here for another two. Uh, Seth Curry is here for three. Um, you have your full MLE next year now instead of your taxed MLE. There's just a whole bunch of stuff that they can do where they don't have to panic and make a hard and trade. Yeah, and I just hope they don't, uh, like you said, panic or have uh, the mindset or thoughts about what happened in 2018. Because you you can't second guess yourself because of one freak thing that happened when they didn't pull the trigger on Kawhi. He goes to Toronto. The Warriors literally turn into the walking wounded, and they moonwalk to a championship. You can't be like, hey, we didn't pull the trigger that time. Literally, the dude that we could have had went and won a title because everything fell that team's way. It could have been us. You can't live like that. So I just hope they don't look at that and go, we got to make this deal now because we didn't make the last one. I think they already do do that. I think they already did. I think they already had that panic, and that's what led to the Horford signing. Uh, uh, I, I don't. I don't know why, because they were what four bounces away. Exactly. But that's a whole different story. Well, Jimmy, that's the Jimmy Butler Jimmy saga. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But um, one good thing I think, and like again, this is all speculation, but with guys like Maury in the front office, um, I think I think ownership kind of takes a step back. So there's been plenty of stories about owners coming down, wanting to play fantasy basketball. Um, there was a story that I think Keith Pompey wrote that one of the owners basically forced Brett Brown and Elton Brand's hand into making the Zaire Smith trade. Like he said, this is our chance to get an asset, to get another star. You need to make this trade. Um, but when you have Maury in the office, 
somebody has that track record and that kind of respect around the league, you know, owners are going to think twice about telling him what to do. You know, you would hope so. Yeah, especially yeah. if it's like Josh Harris or, you know, uh, yeah, Scott yeah. O'Neill. Like, those guys can get lost, okay? They yeah. can kick rocks in the worst way. Like, no <laughs> interest. They, they, they've they had a known that bringing Maury in. Like, I, if I'm Maury, I'm coming in and saying, yo, you guys are letting me do my job. Or I'm going to go hang out with my family like I said I would. You know what I mean? Like, Maury didn't need to come here. He wanted to come here. So I think you, that's the good thing where – and when I listen to Daryl talk – he, he see he says he's emotional during games and that Sam Hinkie used to make fun of him during games because he's so emotional. But when you hear and you listen to him talk and you listen to him process things, there's not a lot of emotion in it, right? Like he gets happy about things, but he he's calculated. So ultimately, I trust Morgan to make the right decision. Um, and if you want to ask me, I'll give you my opinion before I ramble more. Tobias, one young guy, and picks is the move you make if it's available. Um, you go any, you go any more then you got to start kind of tinkering. I don't care about pick swaps. They can swap all they want. Um, so give them two picks, shake and Tobias. Uh, that's, that's to me 100% worth the risk because as much as I love Tobias and I will always defend Tobias, he, he's replaceable. You'll, you'll find another 20 point score, 22 point score somewhere. It's possible, you know, and if the Harden thing doesn't work out, you still have Ben and Joel here, you know, for multiple years. So are you guys there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're here. Yeah. We're, 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 we're listening. Yeah. <laughs> so based on where the roster is now, let's say James Harden and that trade never comes to fruition. Where do they finish in the East? How do you see this season going? Uh, nobody knows. I, I think if you say you know, you're crazy. Um, well, we're like, asking for your best guess. <laughs> <laughs> they can. So I'm going I'm to give you the Zach Lowe answer, right? Because Zach Lowe on his pod said it the other day. They their ceiling is you know NBA Finals. I'm telling you, like I really fully believe their ceiling is NBA Finals. He said, now Zach Lowe's exact words were, "Their ceiling is like Eastern Conference Finals, maybe more." But I'm kind of scared because of how he bought in the last two years or whatever. Um. But they they could be a six seed. If you look at the East, like the top six seeds are close. They're really close. Like, um, even last year, going back to last year, you know, the Bucks are a great uh, regular season team, so they'll probably win a lot of games. But other than that, like two through six, what are they going to be separated by? Four or five games? Six games, maybe? So, will I say, yeah, I think they should be a two seed, honestly. Will they? Who the hell knows? Um, what what if Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have a asymptomatic positive test and they're out for two weeks? Then what happens? You're playing seventy two games on a shortened schedule. Like, what if like so you're gonna miss if you're out for two weeks? You're gonna miss six to eight games, Bob. Right? Maybe, maybe less. Maybe five to eight. But uh, and you can't control that, right? Like you can't. Ben Simmons can't have a COVID game. It's not like it's not Jordan. Like you can't play through this. But you know what you know what I mean. Like, yeah, this isn't the World Series. So yeah. Oh wow. Even so, like if you're if you have a cold or you you know you have the flu, they might keep you out, but you could play through it. People don't care about that. If you're positive COVID, you're not getting near the team. No matter if you're sick or not. 
Mm-hmm. It's completely out of your control. So I, I think when coming to seeding, like it's really weird like that. Unless they just all get the vaccine eventually and everybody's fine, you know? Um, but my official prediction is there are three seed this year. I'll give you that guys that much. I like it. I, yeah, I got yeah, it somewhere yeah, around yeah. there. That was I, gonna be my guess. Three. I, I got uh, Milwaukee like, and Brooklyn like, ahead of them, but other than that, I have nobody else ahead of them in the East. Yeah, see, yeah, I, yeah. I might put Boston ahead of them. Mean. That's that's the only Where one is, I might put ahead of them. Boston's consistent. What have they proven it every I, year preseason Tate, people hype dude, up Boston? Tatum and that team, man. I, I they they man. just keep getting older. That that team is growing. That's a good squad. I've got them at four, yeah, but I have Toronto at three. I don't, I don't like Boston this year. I just don't. Me either. Kevin like, Walker's not anywhere close to getting back. Yeah. Like they're gonna they're mostly based gonna miss, on that. He's probably gonna miss the first first month of the season. Um. So they don't have any guards, and their bigs are trash. Like Tristan Thompson is what he is. But once you get past that, like who, who are their bigs? They have two wing guys. Um, Daniel Tice still a big. Well, yeah, they've been, they've been limited in that front. But when your wing play is just as good as it's been, it's one of those things where I look at, it, I go, you know, this is a team that's probably going to win a bunch. So I, I love I, I buy uh, what is it? Mina Kimes' assessment of Marcus Smart. He plays basketball like a cornerback. Yeah, but he's what their uh, best current that, guard right yeah, now. Yeah. The best defensive <laughs> that, guard maybe in the league. And that's when you. That's when I look at it. I'm looking at the East, and you're like. Well, the Heat could be better than them, right? No one's saying Heat can't be better than them. Nobody's like, yeah. there's, and then basically what's going to happen is it's going to come down to Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons taking that next step. You know, and I'm not going to talk about Ben Simmons' next step because everybody's going to talk about what they want to talk about. But like, they need to really cement themselves as stars, um, and hopefully, like. Doc in this new voice, and we'll all get it. Uh, you will see if you can get Joel back. If you can get Joel back to 2017, 2018 ish, and you can get Ben Simmons into January Ben Simmons of last year, like this team is going to be good. Um, the fear with this team is the young guys that got to dribble the, the Shake Milton's and the Tyrese Maxey, who Doc said is going to get minutes now. Like, it's not an easy shake. I don't worry about, but Tyrese, like it's not an easy transition to be a small guard to go from college straight to the NBA and contribute right away. Um, so like they're your, if they're your main creators, like you might see them hit, you might see Tyrese hit a rookie wall. You, you might see him struggle to finish at first because when has he ever played against a Rudy Gobert type rim defender, you know? So to me, it's just I think their future is really bright, but right now there's just a lot of questions around the team. So I decided to go with the medium three seed. Can they just win a road game? That's my yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. I just want to win a road game. Win a couple so. of road games. That's all I want. I think so, dude. That was the wildest thing I've ever thought. Like I didn't understand it. I, I couldn't figure it out. Like you don't care how much you party when you're on the road. Like at some point you got to be. Like your skill is gonna kick it. Like I, I didn't get. I still can't get it to 
for the life of me. Oh, it was unbelievable. I mean, they were two legitimately completely different teams home and away. So if they're that home team consistently, yeah, we're, we're talking two seed in the East. Why not? But they got to win road games. So big challenge for They just win half of them. Well, they are yeah. the two seed. Half. Yeah, Give me half. Don't be historically bad on the road. Like, that's all. You know, you know what's weird, though? The Heat last year, they were really bad on the road, too. They were. They only had like two or three more wins than the Sixers on the road. I think I'll have to go back and look. But they were. They were pretty bad on the road too. And I, I just. But the Sixers. The, the the drasticness between the two was insane. Like, you're the best player. You're one of the best teams in the league at home, and you're a lottery team on the road. And I don't understand how much can change for for that to happen just because you you're staying in a hotel. But I guess maybe one day somebody will talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird. I mean, it, hell, even the Flyers last year, Carter Hart couldn't play on the road. Exactly. Brian Elliott had to make all the starts. And really, yeah, like I mean, I yeah, we just got to have the puck on Tobias Harris's stick and he'll be fine. <laughs> I think that's what I've gotten from Rob today. <laughs> also, AirPods, hard yeah. to yes. charge. Yeah. Hard to charge. It's good to know. Not, they're not hard to charge. They don't charge. They, <laughs> <laughs> they don't charge at all. Uh. And then I gotta send them to Apple. Is Apple? I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Between that and Comcast this week, I'm gonna lose my mind. Oh no! Oh Comcast! Not Comcast. <laughs> oh Xfinity! You got the triple play? Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't know if I have. I don't know if I have a uh, a phone or not. We might be paying for it. Yeah, I'm pay- I got the phone, and like I don't even have a phone, but I'm paying the phone thing, and I got a Verizon, but I still got the internet phone cable thing. But I'm like, every week I get the bill, and it's like you got all these missed calls from some miscellaneous number, and I don't even have a phone. I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? Hey, guys. Here? Guys, don't mean to interrupt you. Um, what's your plans for after this? Because I think I'm going to hang up. <laughs> uh Okay. I gotta get ready. Yeah. We're going hey. we're going to some Christmas light thing. And I didn't I didn't my wife's been texting me and I didn't realize it was five thirty already. <laughs> All right. And on that note, I, I think that's a I <laughs> yeah, think that's a I, good I spot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that yeah. Bobby Dubs, uh, you can, where can they find you? Uh you can find me at, at Young Spud thirteen eighty five on Twitter. You can catch me at Robo the Writer on Instagram. You can just look up Rob Whitney on Facebook if you want to do that. Also, before we leave, before I forget, I do have to shout out my boy Ed. He did say that they'd beat the Saints and Jalen Hurts would be much better than Carson Wentz. For the last two weeks, he is absolutely correct. There, Ed, I said it. You win. You got it. You've been mentioned on the podcast. I think Ed would also want you to mention your book. Oh, yeah. Go get <laughs> Hope Over Hurt. It's on Amazon, paperback, <laughs> digital. <laughs> anyway you like to read, go get that. Vince Quinn. All right. Um, I'm mostly on Twitter as much as it makes me miserable. And you can find me there. At it's Vince Quinn. That's all one word. It's Vince Quinn. Yes. <laughs> and you can stay up to date with all of his random late night radio appearances. <laughs> yes, which uh, especially with the holidays, dude, I'm I'm going to be doing a lot. Like I'll be on CBS a lot these next 2 weeks. So, uh-huh. yeah, if you're up late, turn on CBS Sports Radio. I'll probably be there. <laughs> and our quick runner, Rob Manoff is at Manoff RM on Twitter. That's the only place he'll probably want you to get in touch with him. But mostly leave him alone. He's a curmudgeon. <laughs> <laughs> He's got two kids, 
And he's got one more on the way, so Lord knows he's got enough to handle. I am Matt Marite. You can find me at mmaritea22 on Twitter, on Instagram, on Untapped. if you just like <laughs> drinking and don't want to hear me talk. Uh, other than that, you can find all of us at Last Out Media and doing things on lastoutmedia.com. There you go. Stop by. Have a good one.